0: Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we wanna tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. And we believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm a director at Softway, an agency based out of Houston, Texas, that specializes in digital transformation, culture, and branding. Each episode here, we dive into another element of business or strategy and and test our theory of love against it. Today, we have a really interesting and different topic we'd like to cover. We're going to talk about food and food is a universal connector of people, right? Food is at the center of every occasion. Sharing food is akin to sharing a piece of our identity, culture and affection. You know, when you sit and eat together and when you eat the same food as others, you grow closer. There have been literal studies that have shown that this is a, like a statistical fact that when they've studied it, when people eat the same food, they reach agreements faster, have more affinity for one another, they view each other in more favorable lights. And so we wanna kind of dive into that and see how is food connected to business and what role does love play in all of this as well, of course. So let's dig into a big old heaping bowl of discussion.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: uh, please wait till you're introduced, sir. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm really excited to bring on um, a new face and voice to the podcast today. Um, a beloved project manager at Softway, a good friend, and the producer of this show, Miss Maggie McClurkin. Maggie, welcome.
2: <laughs> Hi, thank you.
0: And Maggie happens to be the one who also like creates the blind icebreaker questions that I love to have that I, I she sends them I don't open them until the show starts and so that's a huge huge value add that she's that if you guys appreciate those those openings where I put everyone on the spot, you know that's that's all her. And so Maggie, icebreaker question for you today
2: mm-hmm.
0: what what is something you're great at cooking?
2: Oh thank goodness! I told you to give me this question, and I'm you <laughs> um, mm, Let's see. I haven't thought about this before. Just kidding. Um, so I would say my very first job in high school was um, at a Mexican restaurant, and I was the tableside guacamole girl. Mm. So I'm really good at making guacamole, especially if I have a cart and you tip me.
1: Chris, can we talk about how that's kind of been like the dream for software? Can we talk
3: about I, that? I really want to break in and just say, Maggie, like the idea that I've had for the longest time is to have a rolling cart of tableside guac for employee <laughs> appreciation days where we just have, you know, tapo chico and guacamole that just rolls around and you just have your feel. And it's just a small way to say I love you at work. <laughs>
2: Well, so, I'm telling you,
3: he's
1: not. done that. He said that for years. Like this is not a new thing. <laughs> this is an old
0: vision, and you are now completing it. Like,
2: <laughs> yep, so, it was it was great.
0: If, if this is your first time tuning in, let me introduce the other voices you're also Whoops. hearing already. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go with Chris. Chris Petri, our VP at Softway, welcome Chris again here. <laughs> Thank you. I have a question for you. What is something that always finds its way into your grocery cart?
3: That is a great question. Um, so there's like the healthy stuff, and then there's like the not-so-healthy things. So I'll give the the guilty pleasure. Um, Starburst is always finding its way <laughs> in my cart. And it's like, I try and avoid it, and then it's right there at checkout. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I just, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I will say that. Um, so uh, hang in there. I'm hanging in there, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: And I don't Keep think anybody—I don't think anybody wanted the healthy answer to that question. I'm pretty sure that was how it was meant to be
1: answered. So. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Well done.
2: Your honesty. So, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm working on it. <laughs> last but not least, we have Mr. Frank Dana, a director at Softway. Frank. Hey Jeff. Welcome. Hey. If are you ready for this one? No. I just read it. It's great. Oh my gosh. If you could eat, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh, uh, wow. That is a very intense question. <laughs> so much high stakes, man. <laughs> there's the highest stakes, uh, stakes on a very tall table. Um, so let me, let me say this. I really love, there's a type of salsa that I could eat forever. And then I think I will end, end up eating forever. It's Mrs. Renfro's mango habanero salsa. I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. It's fantastic.
0: You realize the question was this: the only food you could eat for the rest of your life. So you're just going to Mrs. Renfro's,
1: <laughs> Mrs. Renfro's mango habanero salsa. First All right.
0: So, so yeah, that answer would have been scrambled
3: eggs for me. Yeah, like really delicious, fluffy scrambled eggs, lightly salted, cooking butter. Every single meal, get your protein in. So, delicious. so,
0: listen, so this, listen. This is what I worried about for this episode.
3: Where...
1: No, 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 no. True story. Chris <laughs> taught me how to make the best scrambled eggs ever when we were in yeah. India. And my kids love it so much um, because he taught me the, like the right way to make soft scrambled eggs, and and it's okay. awesome. It's real. It's real. So let's let me reel this in real
0: quick. <laughs> Clearly, there's a passion for food here. We just cannot stop even talking about it, much less eating it. So let's let's open it up. And, and Maggie, I'd like to ask you. Can you just start it off? Like, what role? Why? what role does food play at Softway, at least at least from your perspective
2: so um i have been at Softway a little over a year and one of the very first things i was told about Softway was that food was part of the culture and i was you know i didn't take it very seriously like that's not i don't know it, it didn't sound real i guess <laughs> um but um i've definitely grown to to believe that that is true um but what something that really stood out to me about Softway is is the food yes but also just the gathering of people around food um my very first week it's always so super awkward especially around lunchtime when you don't know who you're gonna sit with who you're gonna talk to um i my job right before this i don't think i had lunch with a single person the whole year that i worked there so i was just nervous like the first week and uh, my very first day um my team set up a, a lunch like welcoming me which was just nice wouldn't have to worry about who you were gonna eat lunch with, but not only that, like I think for the next week or even two weeks, someone or some team that I was affiliated with either invited me to lunch, asked if I wanted to eat with them while we were working, or just kind of figured out how we were gonna eat together, um, which was just nice. Like, and it didn't have to be anything like fancy, and they didn't have to pay for it. That wasn't the the point. It's more so like someone's looking out for me. They know it's awkward when you're new and you don't know who you're going to sit with if you feel like a kid again at the, in the cafeteria. Um, and it was just nice. I, I never had to worry about that at Softway. Like someone always was like, hey, just come join us. And ever since then, I don't think I've ever eaten a meal alone at Softway. <laughs> so
1: Awesome. Frank, what's your take? So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, I mean, we're talking about food, right? But I also want to talk about drinks, uh, which is still kind of part of that category, I'm guessing. And a lot of people here at Softway were very excited when we moved into our new offices uh, about this time last year, actually. And we had an espresso maker, like an espresso machine. And I fell in love with it because I was like, you know, I can make coffee and make coffee for anybody who wants it. So I just stand there and be like, does anybody want coffee? Uh, I'll make it for you. And they're like, why? What do you You know? And we would buy random coffee from, you know, big bulk stores, big box stores. All that coffee is burned. And there was a moment in time where I visited a coffee shop here in Houston, um, and I was talking to one of the owners, and I just told him about an experience that we had coming back from Brazil, having some of the best coffee I've ever had in my entire life. And I asked him a question. I was like, hey, do you guys, could you guys like roast us some coffee? And he said, well, we can do you one better. How about we roast a custom blend of coffee for your company? And I thought, let's do that. And what was interesting is, you know, these these co-owners of the small coffee shop, they actually got to know our team. They came in, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they came in on Halloween when we were doing our, our Halloween event and I was dressed up um, in the, what was it? What was, the, what was the guy's name, Jeff? I can't remember. Any questions? That guy. Um, you don't remember Tom your Hanks. own costume?
2: Tom, someone David,
1: pum- S. <laughs> David S. Pumpkins, Tom Hanks, any questions? So I'm walking them around our office, introducing them to people, and they're getting to know our culture and our vibe and they actually roasted a unique blend of coffee for software this may sound crazy but they used hawaiian kona nicaraguan brazilian beans and they saw the diverse nature of our culture and they formatted that into a cup of coffee and they called it the software blend and so every month Uh, Before we were social distancing, we would order four to five kilos of coffee. And that is the coffee we would make in our office. And it was our own blend for our own team. And we even took it to the next level and ordered a bunch of bags of coffee for our clients. So our clients were able to experience a little bit of software and and taste essentially the diversity in our team through the diversity in our coffee. And it was a very cool thing, up to the point where I'd go into their coffee shop and I'd have baristas say, you know, three people came in yesterday and asked for the software blend. And we said, we don't make that here, it's just for software. you have to go to them. So if you ever come to our office, or if I, we ever get a chance to meet you in person, uh, we'll we'll make you coffee and make sure that coffee is part of the conversation because it's a great way to engage and connect. And we were already spending money on it anyway, we're already buying coffee beans for our company. Why not take it a step further and actually make it something that's deeply embedded into who we are and the culture of our team?
0: Yeah. There's that there's that element of of wanting to nerd out over food and then share it with others. And exactly. And that's and you can
1: share over a cup of coffee. It's a great thing. And and Chris, you know, is not a coffee yeah. drinker, but tea is something we can talk about.
3: Yeah. <laughs> tea. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I think food does play a really important role at Softway. And I think it, it really has shaped the way that we relate to each other. Um, I like to tell people that the easiest way to include someone is through food. Like it doesn't matter what the differences and cultures and background. Like that's like the easiest way to build that inclusivity. Um, and it's, it's also really, really appreciated as you
0: have learned. Yeah. They, I, what stands out to me every time we talk about food is like our annual p- Thanksgiving potlucks, oh, which yeah. is which is <laughs> like work. Like if if you've worked with us, you've probably been invited because it's not just this closed door thing. It's, it's right. us, every client, every friend, family <laughs> member. And it is there's no theme to it. It's literally bring what you love. And some of the best meals of my life are just in yeah. in our office after work hours on Thanksgiving.
3: Softus, software's greatest hits is what I call it. right? <laughs>
1: so, yeah. oh, so good.
0: So, so talk about diversity
3: but, and, and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, that's so represented in there as well. Yeah. But I will tell you guys that you have to curate your potluck because <laughs> you can't Chris just let anybody bring anything. Like it has to be thought through. It can't be something that you're testing yeah. out on us. It has to be something that you've had, tasted, cooked before, whatever. The, the background I, I don't right here, if for...
0: you don't. <laughs> the backstory here is that we, we we pride ourselves in the pollock so much that we got to the point where Chris will go around the office the weeks leading up to it with a clipboard and 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 loom over you. he will be like, I noticed you put um, one macaroni and cheese. Like, how much are we talking right now? Are we? Are you going to bring enough for everybody? I just want to make sure because this is a pretty important. <laughs> and we'd we'll be like, Chris, please, if
2: if we're going to do, do this, this
0: we're going to do it right. Yeah, we're
2: gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it right. Last year at the potluck, I brought um, a store-bought pie because I ran out of time, and I got so shamed by so <laughs> many people. I didn't tell many people that it was me, but people saw it on the spread and were like, "Who brought this? Oh this, no, this, this is a disgrace!" And I was Maggie. like, "I don't know. That's so rude. <laughs> Who would do that?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you for uh, expressing your um,
0: your shame and your sin. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'll do better um, next is, year. Yeah. It's your first now year you know. okay you get a pat. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it I was the first time So <laughs> so this this is a business podcast. We yeah. are having a lot of fun already, but I do want to have this really serious kind of conversation about why does any of this matter to business right? We, we're all about business outcomes and impacts yeah. that's in the title of what we try to want to do here. so so Chris, can yeah. you lead us off what 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 is the tie to business? why does why can this possibly matter? Well,
3: actually data shows that having meals together does benefit organizations because it is a unifying agent teams can work together, work together longer. <laughs> um, teams can actually use food to overcome issues and conflict. Um, and you see that not just in business, but even throughout history, whether that's a warring nation, all the way to Real Housewives who need to go to a restaurant to talk things through, right? Um, food is at the table or food is really the common agent that bonds and unites people and helps you know uh, build bridges when there is that difference or conflict. Um, and so I know that we've seen at Softway just the idea of bringing a food, bringing food into a meeting, whether that's just internally or even with the client. And we create an experience around it. It's not just sandwiches, right? There's thought put into the food and what's coming in. It actually makes a huge difference in just the environment and the energy and the thinking and the outcomes, right? And it sounds fluffy. But it's real. When, when someone receives a meal that they weren't anticipating and it's better than a sandwich, right? It's just like, somebody thought of me, <laughs> right? Um, and it, it, cre- it unlocks um, the conversations that lead to better outcomes, right? It, it gets people into a place of whoops, comfort and, you know, um, <clears throat> where they, they actually get to understand cultures that are different from their own through mm-hmm. the food if you are thoughtful about that food.
0: Yeah. I mean, we talk about cultures, but just even just basic inclusivity, like regardless of diversity, like it, it, it always stands out to me how, how well we know the dietary restrictions of everyone in our, in our office. Like it's just as well known. It's like not written anywhere. It's not documented, but everyone knows, like, if you're going to get Chris something, don't put any cilantro on it. Right. You know, you know, who's vegan, you know, who's vegetarian, you know, who's halal, who's gluten-free, all this stuff. And it's just, it's just, little it's a little thing but it it always stands out to me as like a thing that matters because when we work together we just know each other that much better
1: agreed and i think i think when you're talking about getting to know people better it's it's really empathy right so having more empathy for each other and consideration for each other's preferences is such a big deal because it shows that you care and for me it's all about curiosity like one of the incredible opportunities is we've seen that curious teams lead to innovation and innovative products. And to keep people more curious, one of the best ways to do it is if you're seeing somebody eating a a type of food that you've never seen before, our culture has it where you ask the question, what is that? I've never tried that. And one of my favorite stories has to do with Mohammed, our CEO, He, he used to, when we weren't social distancing, share his food almost every day. So we'd walk in and purposefully force feed, not force feed, but he would be like, you're going to eat this portion of my meal. And it was all so delicious. And the flavors and the profiles and the that ratatouille moment where he eats the strawberry and the cheese and like stuff happens. That that is what happens when you actually try foods that you've never tried before.
3: Yeah. And, and I just want to give a shout out to his wife, Yulia, who, who prepares exactly. those meals. Yulia, I'm our biggest fan and friend. She knows me. Hey, Yulia. Um, <laughs> she listens to this. So I just want to make sure she knows that we oh, appreciate Chris. the
0: meals that she sends she with should, Muhammad. She should for know share. She oh, should everybody, everybody has tasted her food. And it's great. Yeah, everyone
1: has <laughs> eaten your food at Softway, and it's fantastic. So what I'm saying here, though, is that is that curious minds are important. And when people are that into trying new foods, it also creates opportunity for innovation and curiosity within projects and conversations and building mm-hmm. better teams. Yep. yep. Maggie, do you have a take?
2: Yeah. So. I'm a project manager and at Softway, we like to um, kind of define project managers as really more servant leaders, like a lot of people here are defined to be servant leaders, Um, but our role is really to serve our team um, and whatever that looks like, there's really nothing defined, Um, but sometimes that looks like, um, you know, typical project management things like project plans and scheduling and removing blocks and impediments for people. Um, but a lot of times <laughs> it looks like making sure your team is fed um, and that hap- I went through a period when we were just really busy. My team was just slammed and we had back to back meetings every day for over a period of a couple months. Um, and so part of my job was, hey, um, I got food uh, for this meeting. We're going to eat at this time. This is what we're having. I already know your order. Um, and it was just nice, like not only did they not have to worry about it, but they were typically more productive if I fed them and they didn't have to worry about it. So uh, (laughs) that was a direct business outcome for our team, I would say.
3: (laughs) For sure. No, I think- Yeah, good. I was gonna say the other thing that I know that I do and others do is whenever there's people from the U.S. going to India, we purposefully pack our suitcases full of American treats and things that we can sort of bring to the office, um, whether that's Beaver Nuggets from Bucky's. Um, if you've never had those, please go out and get those. Um, to Skittles, to honey roasted pecans, the Chick Fil A sauce. <laughs> yeah, Chick Fil A sauce. We get requests now, but it's um, <laughs> it's always something where we even when we travel to visit our global um, global employees, we try and think about what they can taste from our hometown. And I remember one time I wanted to do a special meeting with the HR team. So I brought pancake mix and syrup from the US (laughs) because I was like, I don't know if y'all have what I (laughs) want you guys to taste. So we had a special um, meeting where we had a breakfast meeting and I cooked pancakes and scrambled eggs, as Frank mentioned, um, and let them eat an American breakfast, right? And mm-hmm. it was such a cool experience. We were supposed to talk about stuff, but we actually didn't talk, but we were still productive because when we did meet, everybody was full and you know, um, remember that experience, happy but it was a happy. great bonding. It was just mm-hmm. a great bonding experience and it cost little of nothing. And we did, did that first.
2: Sorry, oh, go ahead, me. Maggie. I was just go gonna say, speaking of breakfast, like, there's no better motivator to get your team to come in to an early meeting <laughs> than saying good <laughs> and breakfast. Good breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: tactical tactical things coming out here
1: agreed and remember that one time where we brought s'mores and introduced our our indian leadership team to (laughs) s'mores and made s'mores that was yeah that was awesome it was (laughs) and
3: just because so the thing is is we have to make sure that when you go to India, there's such there's a large amount of vegetarians and different dietary restrictions. So we went on Amazon and ordered vegetarian mm-hmm. marshmallows and halal marshmallows, yep, and like brought those in through our bags with the graham crackers and the chocolate, like so everything was from the U.S. including the skewers, um, and brought that to an offsite event that we did, and it was everyone's first time having a s'more, um, which was amazing to see and watch their eyes light up when they tasted the first one
0: <laughs> so food runs deep that was an awkward airport bag check anyway
1: <laughs> these are for uh, s'mores
0: <laughs> like uh, work or pleasure uh, s'mores so <laughs> <laughs> let let's tie it, let's tie it together you know yeah. we always we always end with tying it to love what does this mean for our listeners like what are the takeaways here what can they tangibly take away from this Uh, Frank, you want to kick us off?
1: So what you've heard is just a lot of different stories around how food is a huge part of our culture. And food really does help us develop a better culture of love because we show each other love by the food that we eat together and by the food that we make for each other. So bringing it into business is just a natural way to bring love into this particular environment. And, And that for me is the most important thing. If I can... Show someone love by being inclusive with the type of food that I'm ordering, by thinking about what their preferences are or their restrictions are, and making sure that the food that we're eating together is something that's like a unique experience, a culinary experience. When possible, it really does create a culture of love and support for each other.
0: Yeah, I think I think it, it is as simple as that. I ask, I pose the question like it's like crazy deep but I mean food for a lot of people equals love I know it does for me and so you know feeding each other is just synonymous to that including them that camaraderie it forms that trust it builds and those are all things you're going to find in high performing teams if you if you need a shortcut to get your team kicked up in gear I mean you know they often say you need like you need a one-on-one take them out to lunch you know like add food to the equation and all of a sudden. Um, it's it's just different. And I, I think that's that's a very simple takeaway of of for, for listeners of where does, you know, this is not we're not trying to point out that this is the, this is the silver bullet key strategy that you're missing in your business. But but it is worth thinking about where does where what kind of role does food play and is there any opportunity? Chris or Maggie, anything else to add?
2: I just know that I always felt loved when I was um, in the office late and I knew um, Chris's snack drawer was available and open to me, so.
3: That, like, <clears throat> talk about curation, right? Like, the theme, <laughs> the theme around me is curated experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna have food, my thing is if you're gonna do something wrong, do it right. And that includes, like, if you're gonna take in calories, like, and they're not the best calories, they better be delicious calories. Um, and you're great. And, <laughs>
2: He's a great sharer too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I just, I, I the thing that I would say around food and love is <clears throat> if you're a leader or if you are an individual contributor, it doesn't matter. You can always sort of get into someone's heart by just thinking about how you can feed them. Um And it's just this really small, small gesture that can go a really long way and last a lifetime. Right. I just, I think that, Food is such a simple and easy fix to a lot of the challenges that some business face, but it's often overlooked or deprioritized out of budgets because it seems a, seen as an expense more so than a connector or a, um, a tool to get people to come together.
1: And, you know, actually that reminds me, being remote is not an excuse not to eat together. And that may sound weird, but, you know, one of the things that, that one of our team members did organically was set aside time every day to have people join in during lunch, like in that time frame, where if you need to jump into a Google Meet session, someone's gonna be there and you can just awkwardly eat your tomato soup and they can awkwardly eat their sandwich and you can just kind of engage. But the reality is there are still ways of connecting those dots, even though uh, we're not next to each other. And that could also mean like surprising someone with food delivery even, and making sure that they've that they're well fed uh, and so there are lots of different ways to to think creatively. And like Chris mentioned, without breaking the bank uh, is is still a great way to continue to build a culture of love. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And with clients, too. Right. So Absolutely. having that go to clients or business partners or vendors and, and folks that you just do business with. I know we've had some really great experiences and introduced new uh, foods and restaurants to our clients that they would have never considered otherwise. Um, and always get stories and sort of repeated thank yous because of, of those new experiences. So again, curation matters, right? That's <laughs> a, that is a takeaway here. <laughs> Curate your food experiences internally, people.
0: That's all. Well, thank you, Chris, for that expertise. And thank you, Maggie and Frank, for joining. This was, it's as simple as that. We, we obviously have too much to say about this topic, but it was a really fun one. And we hope uh, you guys out there enjoyed it as well. We're posting new episodes Every Friday, and you know, we want to hear from you guys. com slash labs, L A A B S. If you want to leave us some feedback or start a conversation, and if you liked what you heard today, really please do consider leaving us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, things like that. It really would mean a lot to us. Um, so with that, you know, we will see you next Friday, and thank you guys. Very much.